Welcome to our first segment of this afternoon's program. It's Sunday, the 2nd of May, 2021. It's now 1.02 p.m. in the studio. Uh, I'm your host, Kieran Murdoch. Good afternoon. Uh, one of the most talked about items of the week uh, that's passed has been a search carried out by police officers at the Pierce Secondary School. An image of the search in process has circulated widely on WhatsApp and on Facebook and shows students in the classroom standing beside their desks and with their hands behind their heads. Uh, one student was seen kneeling with his hands behind his head. Officers could be seen searching students' bags that uh, were left on the tables. Uh, many found the image disturbing. Uh, the physical position specifically in which students found themselves uh, normally being things we see the police asking criminal suspects to do. I generated a lot of discussion online about how people ought to be searched, uh, the specific case of how police ought to treat with children and how the law treats with juvenile drug abuse or use. Uh, later, it was reported that the search turned up marijuana, marijuana-infused products and ecstasy. Uh, now, on the topic of marijuana, uh, possession of up to 15 grams of marijuana was decriminalized by an amendment to the Misuse of Drugs Act in 2018. Uh, that amendment stipulated that there would be no criminal penalty for possession of up to 15 grams of cannabis or cannabis resin. Uh, smoking cannabis in a public space is still illegal. However, if a child, that is someone below the age of 18 years, is found with cannabis, the amendment states that they shall be required to participate in a drug counseling program, or they or their parent may be required to pay a contribution to that program. Uh, coming back to the search at the school, uh, the police say that they are looking into how those with the drugs found sourced them. Uh, none of the children were charged. Uh, police also commented on the issue surrounding the way in which the search was done, saying that it was a normal procedure for them and that the hands of individuals uh, must always be visible. So, on this segment, we'll be asking our guests how should society respond to juvenile drug use. Uh, joining us for this discussion, we're happy to have with us Dr. Jerry Simon. Uh, he is a psychiatrist and he's f formerly worked at the Crossroads Rehabilitation Center. Uh, good afternoon to you, Dr. Jerry Simon. Good afternoon, um, Kieran. And just to clarify, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm an addiction specialist. Sorry, my, my apologies. My apologies. Addiction specialist. No problem. Um, yes, no problem. Mr. Foster Roberts joins us as well. He is a principal of the Autos Comprehensive School. Uh, good afternoon to you, Mr. Foster Roberts. Good afternoon, Mr. Merrick, and good afternoon to your listeners. Good uh, afternoon to the other members of the panel. Good uh, afternoon. And we are also joined by Mr. Khalid Shabazz. He is an advocate for at-risk youth. Good afternoon, Mr. Shabazz. I uh, haven't heard you just as yet, Mr. Shabazz. I'm not sure if... Um, yeah. good, good afternoon, Good afternoon, Kiran, and good afternoon to the rest of the guests. Wonderful. We are hearing you very clearly now. Uh, Mr. Foster Roberts, uh, if I could begin with you. As a principal, I'm curious whether you've had to ever respond to similar situations um, dealing with uh, drug possession at school. Um, yes. Um, we, we have had situations in, you know, it's not just really unique to the Pierce Secondary School, but um, across most post-secondary schools that we, we have had issues with... Um, young young people um getting involved with you know the illicit drugs on in the school campuses um so it is really not something that is unique to to pay a secondary 
And um, yes, we would have had similar situations at others' comprehensive school. And, um, you know, it, it is, there's no fixed way of dealing with such a situation. So it, it really all depends on the, the culture and the, the, the leadership of the, the institution. And also, you know, the, the sort of a um, connect, connection that, that exists with, with the, the institution and uh, the, the law enforcement officers. So, yes, we would have had similar situations at office conferences. All right. Uh, and Dr. Jerry Simon, uh, for instance, um, the report that came after said that marijuana was uh, turned up, uh, marijuana-infused products, uh, and also ecstasy. Uh, I'm curious for your take. Um, for instance, drugs like marijuana have been a hotly debated topic in this century, and Antigan Barbuda recently decriminalized a certain amount of, of, of marijuana for possession, or cannabis rather. Uh, of course, children are still discouraged from using it, and uh, the law calls for them to participate in certain programs if they are uh, found in possession of it. Uh, is there any harm to juveniles from uh, the use of marijuana, for example, do you think? There is harm, yes, in the use of uh, marijuana especially in the way that some youths are using it not knowing the effect and not knowing the amounts and especially the engineered um, genetically engineered marijuana so to speak where the, the or the hybrid marijuana that's more potent in terms of its THC content you could look at maybe 10 15 times the potency compared to maybe marijuana that was used by youths of my age group back then so what i'm saying yes it is dangerous We've seen something called the amotivational syndrome, where youths who are using marijuana at high levels and, and, and persistently, we find that they lose interest in school activities and other social activities. And as a result, you've seen a lot of um, students who are normally very good, or students that were getting good grades, the, 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 the work start to drop in school, the participation in church activities, school activities, social activities, drops a whole lot. And this is something that I've seen uh, most of the times when parents would call me or, you know, police or other public officials would call me to deal with a case of a, a child who is um, subjected or, or addicted to marijuana use and other drug use. That's one of the things I notice. If, in fact, one of the first questions I ask, what are your grades now compared to, let's say, before you start using uh, marijuana? And invariably, we're finding that it would, it would be very low. And the other things as well too, but um, that's one of the things that I notice a lot. And of course, we have to look at the brain development. The youths um, in that stage, between 12 and let's say 20 years old, the brain is developed in a different way than let's say your brain at your age. What happens is that the dorsal lobe of the brain is growing much faster. And as a result of that, you find that the chances of them being addicts, lifelong addicts, when they start use drugs, use any type of drugs within that age period, is so much higher. So we have to be very careful with even the use of something like marijuana. And uh, coming to you, Mr. Khalid Shabazz, uh, I noticed what generated uh, quite a bit of conversation, uh, more than anything else, was the very image of uh, the police search in process, uh, the sight of children with their, their hands behind their heads, and also because one child was kneeling, that, that upset quite a bit of people. Uh, but I want your, your, your reaction to it. How, how did you interpret that image? And, and perhaps why do you think people were so upset by it? And Mr. Shabazz? Yes, Kieran, can you hear me? Yes, we can. 
Yes, I'm sorry. Good afternoon to the listening public. Good afternoon to the rest of the panel and yourself. Um, I think it would be a little disturbing to the public because I think some of us realize that even though we want to, quote-unquote, arrest the problem, um, you know, this falls under what we would term as, um, you know, somewhat juvenile delinquency. Um, and, you know, when you have, you know, juvenile delinquency, you know, and that is uh, individuals or young people under the age of 18 um, indulging in, in different, um, what we would call um, deviant behavior, uh, such as, you know, um, burglary, theft, robberies, um, you know, defacing building. In this case, drug offense, you know, using drug, marijuana, and any other um, substance. Um, I think that we have to realize that, you see, the issue of juvenile delinquency um, can be argued as being the single most, in my opinion, um, the single most important problem as it relates to young people um, in any society. Because, um, you know, most of these juvenile delinquency or issues that relate to young people, um, it usually starts at a young age and then develop later on um, into adults with um, antisocial behavior. Um, and so we have to be very careful with this. But uh, as you, uh, as per the question that you ask, I think that it's, um, you know, to see young people you know, with, 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 with in this position early on in their life in a school setting. You know, it's very, um, you know, it, it's not very inspiring. Um, and surely we don't want to see our children in that position at an early age. So it would be discomforting. It would be, um, you know, disheartening, to say the least, um, and, and uh, you know, disconcerting um, for us to see young people, much less our children, in such a position. Uh, uh, Mr. Foster Roberts, um, I would ask a, a similar question in that um, why do you think the, the, the image uh, of the children in that position uh, has stirred people uh, so much? Uh, to me, it almost seems more than the actual issue of drug use. Um, I, I, think, I think society on a whole over the years seem to, to look at um the the what is what is really the, the outcome and we're not looking at the source now obviously something went wrong why the administrators had to call in the the, the 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 law enforcement officers and so if it is that we're sending our children to school to to learn and at the institution that the the the, the leadership of the institution is not promoting um, the sale of marijuana or the use of marijuana, then obviously there is no, it, it, you, you should not have it in the institution. Where it becomes a chronic problem for the administrator, is it administrators are different and, and, and I can't say that I if if I was placed in that same position if I would have handled it differently. Right? Because sometimes as an administrator you're pushed 
beyond pushed against a wall by by young people and the aggressiveness that they that they bring i mean seeing children kneeling with their hands up is is not anything new for us in in our society we have seen it happening in schools before when i was going to school teachers used to ask me to kneel down as a form of punishment something that i did in class that i should not have done i'm not saying that having the children in that position to conduct the search by the police officers was was really um, the best thing that could have happened. But all of us are just speculating because we weren't there. We don't know what really transpired. And so it, it goes beyond just what we saw there. That picture, that is just one moment. What happened before that? Nobody is, is, is pointing to those issues. We have some serious problem in our society where we, we, we as adults, we tend to condone wrong among ourselves as adults, and we tend to condone wrong among the children in our society. And so then and therefore, what do we expect? Children see certain things happening in society, they're going to act it out in our schools. And so should the administrator just sit back and allow it to happen? That is a, that is a question that we need to ask ourselves as a society rather than just looking at what happened in the picture. That is just one moment. What about all of the other instances before that, that, that nobody, nobody was taking any attention to? So we have to be careful as a society that we're not sending the wrong message to our young people that it is okay for them to be coming into our schools and be, be promoting the sale of marijuana, the use of marijuana, whatever illicit drugs that they're bringing into the institutions, that it is okay. I'm not suggesting for a moment that the, that the authorities would have handled the matter um, in the best interest. However, all of us are just speculating because we were not there. Uh, and, and Dr. Jerry Simon, um, we spoke about the issue of, of, of marijuana earlier, um, but also, for instance, um, according to the report, uh, ecstasy was found as well. Um, mm -hmm. Can you give me some idea of the different effects that uh, different drugs have? Something like ecstasy, is that something a parent should be worried if their child is using? Very good. And quickly, I just want to support uh, Mr. Robert's point on, on the last question as well, because if the picture is what we are getting worked up about, well, we're getting worked up around about the wrong thing. And you have to remember, MDMA, that's ecstasy, was involved in the whole issue as well. And that is something that's illegal in Antigua and something very dangerous. And I believe the police have their right to search or carry out their procedures in a manner that's according to their protocol. Yes, respecting of the, the age group. And we have to be mindful that people nowadays are taking pictures of things or all sorts of things and then putting a spin on it. But children have to know from that age the consequences of their action so their bad actions are not repeated when they come into adulthood. But just to move on in terms of MDMA or what we call um, ecstasy or molly, it's a very dangerous drug. It's uh, one of these party drugs. Lots of time people at clubs and parties, they will take it and they will also drink alcohol. So one thing is speeding them up, another thing is slowing them down. And they could be dancing or doing sorts of things. And we know that people's heart have um, stopped um, while under the use of ecstasy. It can cause very serious uh, metabolic problems that can be lifelong. 
um, even more than marijuana, the physical issues are even more lifelong than marijuana in terms of seizures and death and things like that. So definitely we have to be mindful of these other drugs. And um, I'm glad personally the police took it seriously. Yes, it could be handled differently according to what some other people think. But seeing a picture just like that and, and making so many conclusions from that picture, we have to be very careful recognizing that the, the, the work the police has to do. For example, if a 13-year-old or 14-year-old goes into a bank with a gun to rob the bank, I wonder if we're going to get angry if the police decide hey, to, um, you know, to treat it in a similar manner. So it's just something I want us to think about when we fall to conclusions about these, um, these, these situations. Uh, uh, Mr. Shabazz, uh, you spoke earlier of uh, the issue of juvenile delinquency, the broader issue of juvenile delinquency. I'm curious as to what sort of uh, uh, factors um, do you think uh, place youth in a situation where they, they feel inclined to, to use um, uh, different substances and different drugs or different situations? Um, Kiran, I, I, I want to deal with that, but I just would like to touch on a little about what, what was said just a while ago in terms of the the, the picture um, and the image that was, you know, blast, you know, on the newspaper and subsequently, really and truly, you know, the Observer Media Group and the Observer Papers is, is a not only national, regional, but international paper. And so we have to be mindful of the image. You know, there are some people that say, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words. And so it reminds me of the issues in the state, um, sadly, whereas you would see a body cam or somebody's picture um, or, you know, videotape of, of a policeman beating somebody and then you would say to yourself, well, you really didn't see where I see, you know, your eyes didn't really see what you see. Um, I'm only saying so because, you know, you know, in that imagery is an important imagery. And I think often around here, um, in our Twilight state, we're very reactionary. Um, I see there's a lot of elements in our society that we don't really approach it seriously towards solution or towards finding solution to these problems. Um, we wait until something happens and then we react to it. And I think in this case, we're saying that, hey, yes, they, are, they should take it seriously. Um, you know, yes, we don't know what went on, but the picture itself doesn't speak well. Because I remember there, 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 there was a time at a particular school, they used to have a class called a bad boys class. And you see, when you're going to demotivate children like that um, by reacting to them, when in truth and in fact, it's not their fault, but their responsibility as children, and that's why it's called parental guidance, because children don't have the ability to guide themselves the right. We as all adults do crazy things and stupid things as adults, much less children. And so we have to be very careful as to how we approach. I always thought that we should, we, we, in school, we should do certain, rather than the, 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 the reading, writing, and you know uh, all that stuff that we should be doing in school, we should be doing some life classes that help young people to be able to see life in a realistic sense. I think some of the things that we do in school doesn't, ex doesn't expose them to the consequences of doing certain things. And I think that's where we should be focusing on. We should be trying to teach these young people in school the consequences 
of doing certain things. Now, this reactionary behavior um, should be arrested, should be dealt with. I'm not saying that it shouldn't, but I'm saying we have to be very careful. Everybody knowing Grace Farm where the drug houses are, including the children. Everybody knowing in point where the drug houses are, and other communities, um, all saints, everybody knows where it's at. The children know where they are too. And so there's not necessarily a hard-nosed approach dealing with these cases. You may hear about these buses and, uh, and so on and so forth. But everybody know where the rum shall be. Everybody know where the prostitute house is. And they exist. And children know too. And so the children know, the older people know, and they see they're not doing nothing about it. So in a sense, it's sending a subliminal message that it's okay. And so we want to now react to them when they decide to use and abuse or participate in deviant behavior or, 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 or do these things, and then we want to lock them up. And then we know by extension our prison and our, our facilities to house children is not the best in the world. And so I just, you know, I'm a, I'm a little concerned as to how, not only the image, but I'm a little concerned how demotivating it can be to young people and how reactionary we are to young people who are not who are not being guided as well as they should be by adults. Uh, Mr. Foster Roberts, uh, I would ask you if you'd want to uh, add or respond to anything that's said, and I would also ask you to speak to the issue of, um, as we speak about children and, and, and you know the right guidance and the right environment around them, um, what has been your experience in terms of interacting with parents when you do have uh, issues with children in terms of their delinquency? How easy is it to uh, uh, get their parents involved in, in um, assisting in, in remedying that problem? Well, um, if, I, if I may just piggyback a little bit on what Mr. Shabazz would have, some of the things Mr. Shabazz would have spoken about, that in all, basically, that Mr. Shabazz was saying that it, it really points to the adults in our society. Children mimic the behaviors of adults. And so it is not just by chance that you will have young men who live in certain types of communities would want to chance themselves or chance their hand, as old people would say, in our schools, um, pushing and promoting drug use, because it is something that they see the adults in their communities doing. And so if they can do it, just like what Mr. Shabazz said, that it is okay, the subliminal message that you're sending, it is okay for you to do it in schools. It is okay for you to do it in church. It is okay for you to do it in your house. And you see, those agencies that are responsible for socializing our children in our society, they're all broken. And if you don't fix them, then we are not helping our young people to develop to develop into well-rounded citizens that can make positive contribution to the nation development. I think that is the ultimate goal of schools. But when schools ask to do socialize our children the way that they should be socialized at home, the way they should be socialized in the church, 
then you're asking us to take on three agencies, the roles of, of, of three agencies in one. That's a, that's a Herculean task. Everybody needs to play their role. Home, church, school. And so when the school sends a child to us, then they send the child ready to receive. That is not happening. And so when they come, they come with all of the social problems. School, if learning is to take place, you have to resolve those social problems. Must. Because you can't teach them if you can't reach them. You have to first reach them to teach them. And so if they come with all of these social baggages, social ills out of our society, out of our homes, out of our churches, and they have to come to school because they're of school, school coming age, you can't leave them out. Then what are we really saying? I wonder what, what, we, what you say to the schools. Do your job anyway. How are we going to get our job done if you're not doing yours? Everybody must play their part. And so the children see these things happening. They see their peers coming to school. The peers are spending big money. Where you get your money from? Hey, this is how I get my money. And so they come from homes that are broken. Mommy, daddy, not, not, probably not working. Or mommy, daddy, not together. So it's only mommy um, providing for us. But mommy is five of us. And mommy can't provide for all of us. So therefore, I'm going to go out and join my friend who is selling drugs or using drugs. Because what? I have to survive. I want the money. Man must eat. Man must survive. So we have all of these things that are confronting our young people. They pay pressure. The they, 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 they issues within the home. The mommy and daddy probably don't live together and daddy not playing his role as a father. And so the mother is left to play both mother and, and father's role to the child. To still be the breadwinner. And the little job that she has in the store in town that pays her $200, $250 a week to take your five children, pay the bills, buy food, put clothes on their back. Come on. We have to get real. So the children do these things out of necessity. Out of necessity. And so society is failing our young people. And that is, that is the crux of the matter of society. Is failing our young people and we need to get real as adults and own up to our responsibility. I live in a community and if I see young people doing certain things that I know it is wrong, I tell them. I encourage them along the correct path. Don't turn a blind eye. They can never say that I did not try to help. And that is what each of us as adults need to be doing. There was a time when in a community we say that it takes a community to raise a child. No, not so anymore. A community turn them back on every child. Especially if you see the child is going on a particular road. They just turn their back. Why turn your back? That is the time that the child needs you most. If some of us would really help where we can, not saying that you can give $100 a week, but you can help. Even if it's just to invite the person in your home and give them food on a Sunday afternoon because they don't have it. That goes a long way for that child. 
that child looks up to you in society and the child will respect you. Who knows if that child looks at you as a role model. And so therefore you make an impact on that child just by just that one simple good act that we do. So we just need to get real in this place and just stop all the sugar coating and covering up and covering up and covering up. We just need to get real. Our young people need help. And the help can't just come from one agency of socialization. It has to, every single church, home, must play the role. Well, uh, Dr. Jerry Simon, I had asked you if you'd want to pick up on those comments. I mean, um, specifically as we look at issues tend to come to light when they're in school and administrators have mm -hmm. to deal with them. Uh, but are they adequately dealt with in the rest of society? And those, the, the, the points made by the, or the two panelists are, are really what we should be really discussing. Because that's why I say the picture is what making us react. The wrong thing is really making us react. Um, what we should be looking at is a whole tripartite or quadripartite system where we look at youth development. And if we're going to have anyone call a youth development officer in our country, working at the level of some ministry, we have to have a national youth policy. And the national youth policy has to be very clear and specific how it spells out youth development in terms of what coming from the youth, um, from the church, coming from schools, coming from homes, coming from society in general. Because if we're going to try to solve the problem of addiction, using somebody like me, who's an addiction specialist, I can only help maybe one or two persons at a time. And I'm not even touching the surface of the problem. The problem is a societal problem. And so in 2021 in Antigua, we should already have a national youth development policy that entails the role of the church, the roles of the school, the roles of the home, and the roles of society in general. And what has happened is that we love to criticize individual institutions, the schools, um, when something is implemented. The church, when something is implemented, when we don't necessarily like it, or we say they're too preachy, preachy, or too gaudy, gaudy, or too religious. But then when we have a problem like this one now, we want to call the church into play. When I'm saying there should be a national development policy that spells out the roles of the church, the school, home, and society in general, where we can now tackle these problems from the roots. Instead of having to chop off the branch, we are guiding the development of the tree from the roots up so that the tree can grow in the way that we need it to grow. Another thing we have to look at is our whole educational system, going back to, let's say, the schools. They're not necessarily the individual teachers or principals of the school, but the whole system of education as it pertains to a national youth development policy. Our schools, our education system, is it really making all the sense in the world where we having maybe students doing 25, 30, 40 subjects? And I know a little bit extreme, but that's what it might be heading to, as opposed to we're teaching subjects that can lead to the development of our country. And one of the things that I think missing in a lot of schools is the whole idea of life science in the sense or behavioral science in the sense where we're teaching our men and women or boys and girls to be in in a civic way so they can be men and women in 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 our society you know in other cultures in some of the african cultures you know maybe it might be the asian culture but they have rites of passage where the men the boys are taught to be men and women are taught to, uh, girls are taught to be women so maybe in the in some schools have subject areas like christian lifestyles and notice that when the school have a subject christian lifestyle education and things like those 
we need to be teaching them, whether we call it Christian lifestyle or civic lifestyle or whatever name we want to put to it, we need to be teaching our children in the behavioral science of life so that they can know how to act, how to behave, what is acceptable, what is not, and don't expect our children to automatically know it. And so when they fall in a situation like they did at peer school, and, and we're just having the police go in, the police need to go in, yes, at that point. But I'm saying, if we're doing the, the groundwork, then we would not have these kind of situations where the police have to be going into school to searching children for drugs. Uh, Mr. Khalid Shabazz, uh, picking up on anything that's said, and I would also ask you about um, how, I, I, one of the main questions of the segment in terms of how we should react. When you find uh, an individual in that circumstance, uh, and uh, I think Mr. Foster Roberts did a, an excellent job of describing some of the underlying social factors, community factors, factors in the home uh, that can more predispose someone to, to uh, delinquent behaviors. Um, how should we respond to that? How would you want to see us respond to that? What, what sort of intervention uh, can be made, especially if you're looking at a situation where you, you don't have the best uh, of, of economics uh, at the home level and you don't have the best social environment at the home level sometimes? Um, well, I think, uh, well, um, I think it's a very good question. It's solution-based. Um, I think one of the panelists explained, I think it was Mr. Roberts that talked about early on, um, about the very tough job of a teacher. And, you know, I always thought, even though in some senses I do some teaching, you know, um, I think teaching is a very not only noble profession but a very difficult profession when you have young people that come you know with their um you know emotional issues and uh, mental issues uh, from home and and you know uh, other issues and, and then a teacher has to, to to grapple with that along with trying to teach teach uh, people's children um but to answer your question, I think motivation is the key. Um, in my opinion, it's, the, it's, the, it's one of the single most, not only motivation, but inspiration. Um, you have to be able, we have to be able to try and see how we can inspire our children. Um, more specifically to the question, um, I think that we have to look at not only those who are selling, because those who are selling, as you spoke about, as Mr. Roberts spoke about, it may be an economic issue, yeah, where they you know, try to make some money, whatever the situation may be. Uh, and therein uh, is a larger problem. Um, it's a problem at home, you know, it's a problem with economics, which is always an issue. Um, but then you have those who are using. Why would my child or your child want to go and use marijuana or ecstasy? Now, I know I'm going to get on, um, go under some fire with this. Um, but I, I think it's something that I, I have to say because I think that we weren't very careful in the whole legalization of marijuana and making it very specific and, and, and you know, as it relates to decriminalizing marijuana. Um, in one sense, it really solved the problem that we were having where you have uh, young people indulging in smoking marijuana. We know that marijuana is not a situation where it's all bad. Um, and it's, you know, people talk about it's a lead-up drug and all of that. We can get into that. That's a larger discussion. But when you have 
a people or some people or young people that are already demotivated, uh, young people who is already, um, you know, you know, lack education, whereas they drop out of school and um, they have the stresses that they have. Because the young people, quiet is kept, you know. We think that young people are not stress yet. We think that we are the adults and we have all the stress. But sometimes we put our stresses on young people. And so they have their own stress. You know, um, we haven't learned properly how to parent. And when I say parent, and I mean in terms of, um, you know, maintaining a, maintaining a child, like putting clothes on them and sending them to school and buying them the little toys and the Jordans and so, not maintenance. I'm talking about raising a child. You know, that's a whole different conversation. And so I think that we have, we have to be very careful and we have to understand that there's a, there's, 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 an, there's a, a bigger issue here, a societal or social issue as it relates to not only those who are selling, but those who are using. Now the marijuana that I was referring to is that now you find people who are, who are already some people, young people, that already not really want to do nothing. Then, then, you know, have this sense of lazy TV mentality, laid back. I don't want to do nothing. All right, no, or maybe things hard, we can't get a job. I, I have a, a niece that she's finished high school, finished college, and very bright young lady. But she just can't get a job. She's almost a year and a half she just can't get a job now when you have certain stresses among young people like that and then you're gonna legalize marijuana and certain people on the block and young people who already don't want to do nothing and you give them a drug or they get it, it being legal now some of them don't want to be on drunk as you know drug drunkenness i want stereotype to it so they don't want to drink rum so they decide, you know, smoking weed supposedly is a cool thing. And so it's legal now. So they're going to smoke marijuana. We all know that marijuana is it's somewhat of a sedative. You know, it, it puts you in a state of mind that me already now do nothing. So my more so now I do nothing now because everything I everything cool. When in truth and in fact, you should be in a state of mind where you should be alert and feeling like, you know, you should be in a state that you are aware, absolutely aware of what's going on around you. Time should be measured with a sobering mind. And so I think that we weren't very careful in how we, we legalize this and the stipulation or mandate. I haven't really looked at the law properly, but I still see young people smoking it and um, because it's legal. You know, my spliff, me smoke spliff, and it's okay. And so, I again, I go back to the fact that I said that we are very reactionary around here. We've got to look for solutions. We have to look at things that was going to inspire young people, motivate young people. I coach a basketball team, Kieran. Kieran. And let me say this. Some of these young people that I coach, none of them could be too bad. I've had to bail um, some of them, one of them in particular, and helped out a couple of them. But I know as a coach, I'm going to have to be a, a mentor. I'm going to have to be a father. Um, I've had some, uh, um, some stayed at my house when the, the situations. 
you know, um, I have to be a source of inspiration to them. I have to let them know, listen, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to do dumb stuff. But listen, it's okay. Just try to make sure that you don't make too many of those mistakes. And so that's the approach that I think we have to take. Even in this, in this situation, we have to try and see how we can look at these young people who are caught with these, these drugs and marijuana. We have to look and see what do a social inquiry, inquiry and see what is the problem as it relates to you find those with the, the drugs. So maybe those are the ones that are selling. But what about those who are using? There must be an avenue or an audience or um, customers that are buying this, this stuff. And so I'm, I don't think they're forcing it on the young people. I think there's a, there's a, there's a market for it in, in school. And so mm. this speaks to a larger problem. All right, um, I'm uh, going to have to end this. I am, sorry. I am going to have to end this segment here. We are a little bit over time. Uh, and I will say just for information's sake that um, the law does uh, require that um, uh, children, which is persons below the, the age of 18, um, if they are uh, found in possession uh, of marijuana, uh, it, it calls for them to be um, uh, involved in a drug counseling program. Uh, so I, I, I understand from the law that the idea is, is not to encourage the use among children, even though marijuana is broadly, uh, well, a certain amount of possession was, was broadly decriminalized. Uh, but I, of course, take from Mr. Shabazz's statements uh, that there needs to be a greater effort to prevent young persons from wanting to uh, 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 use uh, various substances. Uh, but we'll, we end this segment here. I want to say thank you to all three of our guests, uh, Mr. Foster Roberts, uh, principal of the Autos Comprehensive School, uh, Dr. Jerry Simon, addiction specialist, uh, and also Mr. Khalid Shabazz, advocate for at-risk youth and uh, basketball coach as well. Uh, thanks to all three of you gentlemen for joining us this afternoon. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you.